Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dana Buckler Show. My name is Dana, and in this episode, I'm going to play you one of the episodes from our Patreon-exclusive podcast called The Toosies, which is hosted by myself and my friend Bill Searcy. Now, The Toosies is a show in which we pick a movie, talk about the movie, but more importantly, share a lot of stories that are related to the movie. For example, the episode you're about to hear centers around the movie Roadhouse, and in this episode, I get to share some really interesting stories. For example, did you know that I worked as a bouncer for one night only? And I also get to share a story about how I became the promotional director of a nightclub and came up with what I thought was a million dollar idea, only to have a rather surprising result. This show is available exclusively on our Patreon, which is available at patreon.com slash howisthismovie, and there is a link in this episode's show notes. And we do these episodes twice a month on Patreon. But that's not all you get. You also get early access to every episode of The Dana Buckler Show. There are some classic episodes of my podcast back when it was called How Is This Movie, and I just started doing new versions of how is this movie most recently i did an episode on the history of the movie scarface coming up in the month of may i have an episode on the movie Superbad and on goodwill hunting in addition to all of that i also include the weekly show that i do for dash radio called hollywood unfiltered which is a look inside the entertainment industry so i hope you enjoy this episode and if you are so inclined become a patreon member I've got a lot of fun things planned. I've got a, a monthly live stream that I'm hoping to kick off in June. And of course, plenty of exclusive content. So please enjoy this episode of the Toosies, where we talk about the movie Roadhouse. Enjoy, and I will talk to you soon. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode two of the Toosies with Bill and Dana. Bill, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I can't. I can't believe I made it back. We we did it. We did it. We're here, dude. Toosies second show. So this is the Toosies of the Toosies. This is a milestone. This yeah. is one of the most important episodes that we're ever going to do of it's all the second time. One. It's all the time. Second one. So right off the bat, we want to say thank you to you, the listener, the supporter of the show. Without your support, this show is not possible. And Bill, it had been a little while since we recorded the first one, but we're back. Lots happened in that time period. We talked about Tommy Boy last time around. We're going to talk about another great movie this time from 1989. Before we get into everything we want to talk about on this show, we have to talk a little bit about football oh. because 
We're recording in the we're smack dab in the middle of the NFL playoffs, and you and I, well, I should say you, were so gracious to invite me to go to my first ever NFL playoff game, Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Los Angeles Rams in what, as of this recording, could potentially be Tom Brady's last game. So, Bill, my hat's off to you. Thank you for inviting me. I had the time of my life. I'm, I'm glad you could make it. And I remember when the two seats kind of came open because we have four at the games. And uh, I, it's been all season. I'm like, dude, I got to get Dana at one of these games. And uh, we were going to call like two other people that are friends with the other people that had seats. And I said, fuck no, we're calling Dana. And then I called our, our other buddy, Jeff. Shout, shout out to Jeff Hill. Yeah, which potentially could be uh, – a new sponsor of the show, wink, wink. We've got a lot of things in the works with Jeff. So uh, it was the first time I ever had a chance to meet Jeff. Had a great time. I think we've bonded. Yeah, we do. I think we've become friends. I mean, it, it's a it's signed in pencil right now. I'll give you that. I love it. I know. I, I want ink, but pencil's in. But anyway, I'm glad you could make it. Maybe we even saw Tom Brady's last game, which I can't believe. As a lifelong Patriots fan, I and you know, because I, I, I wouldn't shut up about it the entire time we were there. I was so in the moment. Like, I just kept telling you over and over again, this is unreal. This is unbelievable. I didn't take one second of that entire experience for granted. Like, I was having the time of my life. But I do recall that when the Buccaneers fell behind 27-3 with about seven minutes left in the third quarter, a lot of heads were down. People that No, I watched some people leave. I'm like, where are you going? People were leaving. Right. And I just kept reiterating over and over again, I've seen this movie before. Exactly. Okay. I've seen this before. The Not Tom Brady to comeback. The Tom Brady comeback. And he did. He, he did okay. his part. They did. He did his part. So there's a better than average chance that this episode is going to be released after the Super Bowl comes out. Maybe not. But, you know, we're a couple weeks away. The Super Bowl right now is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Los Angeles Rams. Do you have a bold prediction for this year's Super Bowl? I do. I become a fan of one of the quarterbacks uh, still alive, man. This kid Joe Burrow is something special, and for him to still be there is, says something about a two-year quarterback and, who had a terrible injury last year. Sure, yeah, second year only played like two or three games last year, and now to do what he's done, if if you know the numbers, he's put up some crazy numbers. He's got he's got a good staff around him, but this dude's special. I'm going with this guy. They call him Joe Cool. You know, he, he's smart dude, but he says whatever he wants to say. He's got some swag. I love this kid. He won the Heisman Trophy. He won the national championship in college. And he has potential to win a Super Bowl, which has never been done before. Never. Nobody's ever done that. And can we also say that we have an SEC matchup on the books? You're right. Because Stafford, Matthew Georgia, Stafford is Georgia. Georgia is a Georgia boy. Yep. And, uh, you know, LSU. Joe Burrow, uh, LSU. So SEC I, wins again. They always win. Mm-hmm. They never stop winning. So, yeah. Guess, so I'm going with the Bengals. Who day? Who day? I, I'm gonna have to go with them as well. So that's my, really that's my bold prediction. Okay, that's my bold prediction. And they're the underdog. They are the underdog as of right now. Again, again, most people that are listening to this, the Super Bowl will have already been played, right? And they're gonna say either we are crazy or we are spot on. So if we were spot on, because we yeah, know, good for we, us. We know yeah, what we're talking on, about. We do. We know what we're doing. And if we're not. Uh, there's always yeah, that shit. Yeah, well, it's the underdog. I mean, if they lose, they're not yeah, expected exactly, to win. So exactly, we can't yeah, lose. Exactly. And it's in L.A. Exactly. So. Oh, Los Angeles. I've told you many stories about my trip to L.A., correct? No, I've never heard it. Or maybe a hundred times. Either one. I will tell you this. What's interesting is, uh, given the 
the subject of today's movie, 1989's Roadhouse. There's got to be a lot of stories that you and I have experienced throughout the years involving nightclubs and bars and dive bars and things like that. I certainly have spent my fair share of time at nightclubs in Los Angeles, and perhaps a little later on in this episode, I'll share a story or two that could only go out to the Patreon supporters because I can't let this story get out into the real world. Please don't. I, so Please I don't. So, that being said, let's talk a little bit about 1989's Roadhouse. Bill, I'm going to turn it over to you first. Sure. Do you remember the first time you saw this movie and what your initial reaction is, or your initial reaction was? So, actually, I had to do some mathematics to see how old I was and see what grade. I think I was in eighth grade. So that definitely gave me free free reign to actually go to the movie. So I think I went and saw this at the movies, if you can freaking believe it. Is it rated R or not? Is it it's rated, rated R. R. Right. Is it rated R? But back then in the 80s, see that? They're coming to get me. You might you might want to keep that on it. They finally caught me. Yeah. They finally caught you, me. You snuck into an R-rated movie. I did. And now they got and you. And finally. You, we you. just put it on record. God. Uh, I thought I got thought I got away with it. But I, I honestly, I think back in the 80s, there's a chance that I got in or, or knowing my dad, he took me to this thing, right? So I would say if I remember correctly, I went to the movies to see it. So the first time probably was at the movies. And then I've probably seen it maybe, I don't know, 15 times. So, um, I've got some good history. I won't remember as much as you, but I definitely, um, have seen it so many times that, you know, obviously I liked it if I saw it that many times. It's a great movie. Great flick. It's, it, it really is. It, and we'll get into a little bit about the movie here and just, yeah. and we'll get into the movie here in just a little bit, but I will just say for the record, Roadhouse is by definition the last great eighties action movie. I love when you say things like that and you stare into my eyes. You just make it just seem so real. I want it to be poignant and pivotal. He's look, just for the record, he is staring right at me. <laughs> you have to remember in 1988, action movies as we know it change forever with Die Hard. Up until right. that point, every action movie from the 1980s was a tough as tough as nails, doesn't get hurt, doesn't run out of ammunition, always, you know. Oh, like, Commando. like Commando. I remember Commando. Rambo. Oh my god, he just killed like 500 yeah. people with one gun. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and but that's what we expected. Right. And and the movies always had there was never any real levity to the movies like they weren't self-aware of, of what type of movie they were. And Roadhouse, there are two movies that came out in 1989 that I think define the the last great 80s action films. One is Roadhouse. The other is Tango and Cash. You remember Tango That's and Cash? That's Sly. That's Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell. Yep. That is another It's So Bad It's Good movie in my book. I absolutely love Tango and Cash, and I've watched it. I think I watched it about a month ago again. Like, I just cannot get enough of that film. I'm not going to. I won't say that. Not a fan? No, it's good, but I can't say that I can't get enough of it. Oh, okay. I mean, I can't. We have to, like, we can't agree on everything. Oh, no, no. Right. This is true. This is true. And I, so, I looked, for the record, I looked in his eyes when I said that, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Bill, right. like we did with last episode, I want to just kind of set the scene. Sure. Set the tone. We need to go back to 1989. We need to sort of look at what was going on that year and specifically what was going on that year when it comes to movies. Now, there were some really big movies that came out that year. There were some huge sequels that came out that year. But I was, I've got a list here of some films that came out. I can't wait. I love, this is my favorite part of our show. And I want to do the thumbs up, thumbs down. And what, he, can is, I go? And, and of course, can the, I go the, side? the thumbs sideways. Yeah, all right. All right. That's if you haven't seen the film. Oh, okay. Or, cool. Okay. That's a so, new rule. I like that. All right. So 
like I said, 1989, big year for movies, last year of the decade. Everything's going to change that in a couple sounds years. That sounds sad. The okay? internet just started. This is sad. Listen, everything's going to change, oh, okay? Yeah. You're going to see the rise of the independent film. You're going to see the rise of Tarantino. You're going to see the rise of... David Fincher, uh, movies are going to change. Right. So the eight, 89. And like right. technology is getting technology's better. Technology is getting there. And then in fact. Yeah. Th- by the way, there's no technology in Roadhouse. None, none whatsoever. <laughs> Zero. But there is a monster truck. So yes. that being said. Yes. I want to look at some of the movies that came out in 89. Cool. And I want you to give me a quick thumbs up, thumbs Just down. Just me. Mine. Okay. Not your, yours. Your opinion. Okay. You're ready. Yes. Ready. Yes. 1989. You're ready. First Let's movie. Let's go. Let's go. Uncle Buck. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Big thumbs up. Awesome. Big thumbs awesome. up. Awesome. I'll tell you something about Uncle Buck. Yes. Okay, so. Two thumbs up. John Hughes. Uh-huh. All right. And yeah. I just did dinner in a movie not too long ago. Did you do that? You did didn't the bre- do I did, I did Uncle Buck, oh, and I man. just recently did The Breakfast Club. And we talked a little bit uh, during my my opening talk. Yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about John Hughes' trajectory in the 1980s and how he started off, you know, doing teen movies. I'm, I'm referring specifically to the films that he directed. Obviously. 16 he, Candles 16 and all candles, that stuff. 16 Candles. Weird Science, Pretty in Pink? The Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink. Oh, my God. Breakfast Club, obviously. Okay. Amazing films. But he did not want to get pigeonholed into the teen comedy one, so he started to branch out a little bit. 87, he does Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, arguably one of the funniest movies oh God. of uh-huh. all time. All right. Has a wonderful relationship with uh, John Candy. Writes a movie centered around John Candy. Sure. That's, that's Uncle Buck. So that was just... It's again, like he wrote it for him. It's like, he, all right, he, let's he just put him in here. He literally wrote it for him. All right. Oh, yeah. All right. So love John Hughes. By the way, the most money he ever made came in 1990. He was the writer and the producer on Home Alone. And that movie made $500 million. Yeah. Now there's like 10 Home Alones. Just incredible. Yeah, just incredible. All right. Next movie on the list. 1989. Big year for movies. Are you ready? Uh-oh. Parenthood. Yeah, that that uh, one thumb, one thumbs up. One thumb. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. a one thumb. Up. Yeah, it's good. That's a Ron Howard film. It's a great movie. Yeah, great I just movie. probably not watched it a lot. It wasn't like half serious. It was a very serious. Yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm young. See, I was young, so I was like, all right, cool movie, great movie, but whoa. My mom took. I probably bro- should watch it. Again. My mom took my brother and I to see that movie in the theater, and I remember being like super. I'm like 11 years old, being yeah. super uncomfortable when Joaquin Phoenix's mom, played by Diane Weiss, finds his porn collection, uh-huh. and I'm just like, I remember just like squirming uh-huh. in yeah, my chair. I'm like, what is going on here? Because you knew where your parents porn box was probably uh, you know what we had a box Not of porn and my, my parents had listen a, to it maybe, maybe. My, oh well i knew where my parents box of porn was all right yeah it'll be a just 1989 huge year okay. for movies yeah. all right you ready you ready you ready go major league oh yeah come on dude that's too dude two that's your up. number that's one of my top so our sports, sports are based yeah. are one of our drafts for yeah. some of the listeners high listeners out there by the way thanks for uh, listening again and listening to me just ramble on we did a bunch of movie drafts too, and one of them was sports. Movie the baseball draft. one was baseball. just mine, yeah, yes. and then the sports one you picked Major League way up there. I love Major yeah, League. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, classic baseball movie. And for those who've never seen it, it's actually on YouTube right now. YouTube has oh, a, yes. a catalog of free movies to watch, and it's definitely on there. And it has a lot of realistic baseball stuff too. It's not like one of those sports movies that I, the this, the you know the athletic you know whatever you want to call it, it's irrealistic it, it's pretty good the, the yeah, movie is absolutely hilarious yeah all right so 1989 huge year for movies are you yeah, ready yeah. one of the biggest movies the highest grossing movie of that year Stop are you ready scaring me batman oh yeah yeah for me two thumbs up michael keaton yeah because jack nicholson again the age so like i'm sure these you know these experts in dc and all these new movies like joker and all the stuff that's coming out new when i was young this batman was the first one to kind of hit movies on the on the like a, the theater is you know for me Batman this Batman's big this is my Batman this, this one completely 
well, I don't want to say completely because 78, 1978 Superman was, I think, to this, yeah, to this cool day, too. still one of the quintessential comic book films of all sure. time and still better than anything Marvel's ever done. The regular that's Superman. Just a personal opinion, oh, sorry, everyone. Sorry. So, but you said the regular Superman, right? The, yeah, 19, oh, yeah. Christopher Reed, 1978. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Okay. Yeah. All right. 1989 was a huge year, Bill, but it was also a huge year for sequels. I'm going to talk about some sequels right now. Big sequels came out in 1989. Are you ready? Yeah, Here's go. Here's the first sequel that go, came out in go. 1989, Gremlins go. 2. Yeah, no. I think maybe, I don't know. If you yeah, haven't yeah. seen it, the movie. Well, I have. I had to have seen it. The movie deserves a reevaluation okay. if you haven't seen it. It's actually a very, I love Gremlins. very self-aware movie. Joe Dante okay. returns as director. It's that same year he did The Burbs, which is. Uh, I don't know with you with that one. I don't understand that. You don't understand that? I watched it. It's Because you told me. I'm sorry, listeners. That one, I, that one's bad. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting a second. That's all right. Dana. That's all right. That's the all right. burbs. The burbs. Something must have happened to you that night. You watch it really good. I watch you know, that I, movie uh-huh. twice a year. Gre- twice you a year. Heard, you heard. Okay. Gremlins. So, Gremlins 2. Gremlins wa- I will, uh, for the record, I'll watch it. All right, Bill. Gremlins. Like we talked about, 1989, huge year for film, huge year for sequels. You ready for another big sequel that came yes. out in 1989? Yes. Lethal Weapon 2. Oh, yeah. Two, four thumbs up. Massive. What a franchise. Massive yeah, hit crushing. franchise. This brought Joe Pesci, introduced the character of Leon Getz. Oh, yeah. Okay, this Did is, they talk about the drive-thru in Lethal Weapon 2? That, that I, believe later, is, three. I, I believe that's three. I love that. I, I love that's that. three. Right. But what's great about Lethal Weapon 2, yeah. uh, the original Lethal Weapon, of course, Mel Gibson's character, Martin Riggs, he's incredibly depressed, he's suicidal, and he's just crazy. He's a little more toned down in this movie. Okay. He's still crazy, but in a fun, wacky kind of sure. way. Where he's Three like, Stooges? He can, yeah, you can't does wait he... to see what he does next. <laughs> so the, the, the movies became more fun. Yeah. They, they became more fun. So a couple more movies that came out in 1989 that were huge sequels. Big, big sequels. Are you ready? Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Awesome. Love it. Thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, too. Big thumbs up. I love Indiana Jones. Great. Movie. Again, like bo- I'm just a boy growing up. But, you know, the, these are movies perfect for me. All right. I love got, all this. I got another sequel that came out in 1989. It was a yeah. huge year for movies. Are you ready? Uh-oh. Ghostbusters 2. Uh, oh, not bad. One, one, oh, one. One, yeah. But I, all right. For the record, I did rewatch it. Um, because the other Ghostbusters just came out. That's right. Ghostbusters. So I wanted to revisit. It's still, it's good. I, I can't give it two, but it's still good. I yeah. like Ghostbusters too. It's fine. Ghostbusters two is going to be a thumbs down for me. Yeah. I tried rewatching it the other day and I realized. And what that. do you think about Afterlife? I, I liked it because I remember I asked you about it. You went to the movies. That's right. I saw the first 47 minutes of it. Okay. And then I had to go. Why? I couldn't take it anymore. You ate all your popcorn and that's, your little Coke you bought? That's exactly. <laughs> You should have bought the bigger popcorn. Are you ready for my quick thirty seconds? No, of no. Ghostbusters Did you Afterlife? see the little mu- the uh, the little marshmallow? Little yeah, running around Walmart. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I didn't get to that part. All right, well there so you I go. I saw that in the trailer. <laughs> where where things where in my opinion where Ghostbusters Afterlife, it was a major misfire in one department. In one department specifically, when you because I watched the original Ghostbusters that morning. Okay. The why, original. The original. Why are you comparing okay. I can't compare this. Why am I comparing it? It's yeah. a sequel to it. I, I have am- to, there has to be some comparison. Well, I got, okay, I get that. So, okay. So I'm watching it and Bill Murray is on fire in that original one. Yes. And he is the reason to watch that movie. Right. He is so damn good in it. And it occurred to me, it occurred to me that there's an actor in Ghostbusters Afterlife that, in my opinion, can't do Bill Murray. No. But can pull off that Bill Murray dry, sarcastic he was sense funny. of humor. He was funny. And that was Paul Rudd. Yeah. All you have to do is watch role models to know 
that Paul Rudd could have had that type of attitude in Ghostbusters Afterlife, and I'd been all in. Instead, yeah. he's in the movie for one. I understand, like twenty-two minutes. Like he was just—he was just a character in the movie. He, mm. he, there was—he brought nothing to it, and I thought that was such a major misfire. Okay. Spoiler alert for anybody who, who hasn't. Well, seen maybe they—you know—he said, "Oh, I'll be in it for a little bit," but you know, I only got like two weeks to work. So then they just squeezed him in where they could. All now, right. I honestly—I don't know why. Um, I thought he was in it enough. I, that didn't bother me. Okay. Because it was about the family. He wasn't even part of the family. You know, you know, Egon's, you know, daughter and the grandkids were that the movie's about them, not Paul Rudd. So I, you know, I, I think he was in it for me. He was in it enough. He stayed away. Then at the end, can I say spoiler alert or not? At uh, the end of the movie? Spoiler alert? Yeah, or no, whatever. I mean, no. Well, well you, you, you see them all at the end. Right. Right. Even Egon. To me, that was just enough. I didn't want it to be about them because it's not about them. What I thought was so effective about the first Ghostbusters movie was that it was really a story about three guys going into business. Right. And the ghosts were just a secondary plot device in the film. It was really sure. about these guys trying to start their own business. Anyway, we could go on and on. I don't know. I, you know, I think I'm, you should watch the whole thing. I think it's I'm pretty sure cool the how they Ghost, in. I'm sure the original Ghostbusters will come up on an episode of the Tuesdays. I'm sure we'll 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 work that in. The regular so, Ghostbusters. The, reg- the first one. That's absolutely. on my what my comedy. I've drafted that already. It's but on Bill, I want to talk list. to you about right. a couple more movies that came out okay. in 1989. All right, you ready? We're talking about big sequels that came out in 1989. I know, this I'm still trying to think. Beverly Hills Cop, I don't know. The, the what, biggest sequel that came out in yeah. 1989 would be one Back to the Future Part 2. Oh, yeah, cool. All good. Uh, they're all thumbs up for me. Same thing. Uh, they're all good for me. Now, if I watch it again, I might be cheesy, but like at the time, I'm. I remember I couldn't wait to see this one. I oh yeah, beg, I begged my. I couldn't wait for three when two came out. I couldn't wait for three. Yeah, because yeah. if you saw two in the theater, yeah. they played the trailer for three <laughs> yeah, yeah. right when the movie. That's ended. all I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even remember half the movie. I just remember, holy crap! I can't wait for the next one already because they they filmed them back to back. So right. Uh, a, a so well more, done there. Very good marketing. A couple more movies that came out in 1989 that I think are worth noting. One would be Weekend at Bernie's. I did see that in the theater. <laughs> Uh, you know, lock that in your memory of funny when you saw it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Try to rewatch it now, and it's just it's no well, stupid eighties stupid eighties movie. Um, it's a little it's a little freaky now when you watch it. I mean, there's literally a scene where a woman has sex with a dead body. So I'm sure that's in other movies. That can't yeah, be the first can't time. Be, can't be the first. But time um, obviously, really silly, really stupid terrible concept but um at, at the time it fits the 80s so if that got launched into the 90s i bet it's terrible but so it's still kind of connected to the 80s it, it it made money i'm sure it did well you know there was a sequel that did come out in yes. the 90s oh my god it's and it was horrendous there, yeah done it is horrendous yeah that should it should have came out like 82 and 89 or whatever but anyway i can't believe we're still talking about it. but i actually liked it and we all you know i laughed i, I thought it was funny one more movie that i want to talk about and then yeah. we're going to get back into the main discussion here was in the 1980s professional wrestling became one of the hottest products around the world vince mcmahon had taken mm-hmm. what was a regional wrestling sure like promotership. the south wcw was just only and, the and southeast built a, built a global brand sure which was back then known as the wwf i remember They're now known as the wwe because the world wildlife now Fed- it's more federation than, I don't even know foundation what they do. sued them for the wwf <laughs> i don't even watch that being it. said yeah. after the success of wrestlemania one two and three Vince I remember McMahon. two. Three is when he fought Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant. That was a big one. After that success, Vince McMahon decided it was time to expand the brand even more. Okay? And he decided it was time to get into feature films. 
the WWF was going to start producing feature films. And their first feature film I saw on opening day in June 1989. And it starred one Terry Hulk Hogan and yeah. one Zeus Tiny Lister. No holds barred. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, how, how bad was that? Well, as an 11-year-old, it was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and it was the very first time that I went to a movie theater where the crowd was cheering like they were at a wrestling match. Yeah. All right, the lights went down, and everyone's going, Hogan, Hogan, mm-hmm. Hogan. And I was annoyed by that. You and I, were. I realized that even in 1989, that I hated going to the movies with large groups of people. Well, see, I love that. See, that's so yeah. much fun. You, but that's some, why the, we're at the Tuesdays. You just want exactly. to be alone. I've had some bad luck. That's why people sit next to you. You deserve this. That's can, so- I, can I say one of the more interesting things that came out of the pandemic is when movie theaters opened back up mm-hmm. and there was, you know, you had to have social distancing. Sure. You could buy a movie ticket and it would just block off like six seats all the way around. Right. So you, you were this, guaranteed to be alone. It's your, it's like your just perfect scenario. It was, it's it, your heaven. It was amazing. Yeah. I didn't have to sit in the twoesies. I could sit right in the middle. No one's sitting next to me. Someone will find did, it. I'd be, like, I'd be like, what are you doing? And what they you, probably would. They did you, it. Yeah. What? Are you, uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I like it because they actually clean the damn thing. Well, you know what? They claim they clean that crap, but they don't even do. They don't clean like they say they do. No. I was hoping they clean that thing. Oh, God. That's why I bring wipes. I clean that damn seat down. This poor movie theater. I yeah. just want to say this poor movie theater here. here the Can ta- you imagine all the M&Ms and popcorn on the floor after that one? Uh, I what just, a mess. I just want to say yeah. for all the trials and tribulations that I experienced going to the local Regal Cinema over the years, I'm going to be sad to see it go. Is it going? It's going. It has to be. I've gone there. I've seen three movies this year so far because the Hollywood Unfiltered show that I do, we have to do movie reviews, so it, it actually have to go. Got it. And... I've seen Scream, Ghostbusters. I, I saw another one there. At Regal here? At, at the Regal here. What about the old one? Are you going to that thing? Oh, the Hollywood Boulevard they, 6? They opened back up. They have opened back up. <laughs> that's I think where, my living room's bigger. That's where uh, Movie Theater Story 1999 takes place. Oh, uh, I, for those that are on the Patreon, you can find that story. It's when uh, It's when my friend worked at a movie theater... And back then, so back then, this is like 1999. I love so. when we have four conversations going at it's, the same no, time. No, it's wonderful, it's but I'm I not going to tell, I want to add whole, another one. Can I'm not going to tell this whole story, <laughs> but back in like 1989, yeah. excuse me, back in like 1999, I had a friend of mine, his name was John. He was the manager of this little six screen. He had the name tag. He, say John? he had the name tag. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know well, it. back then movies were still showing on film. They were showing on projectors. Oh, right. So it, it would come. Why? What do they do now? It's all digital. No. Yeah, it's all streamed. It's all, yeah, it's a digital. No, but I right remember now. at the end, you could the, see the. There yeah. is not a 35 millimeter projector at Crazy. the Regal Cinema right now. It's all digital. Wow. And those were first introduced in 2009 at our local Regal because that's where I saw District 9. But to circle back to what I was saying. Sure. So movies came they were on film, yep. but they didn't come in one giant film reel. It came Two in like, or... it cans of like six. You had to wow. put the movies together. So my friend John, uh-huh. he was a projectionist. So he had to actually splice the movie together and put it on a big platter. <laughs> and it was like a plate on That's a reel. That's crazy. And, but he, one of the advantages was that he had to do, he had to test it the night before the movie came sure. out. So. I got to see all kinds of movies and he'd like come over at midnight. I'm going to, we're going to watch the sixth sense. We're going to watch the matrix. We're going to watch Blair witch. That's and cool. If, and then he said, he basically said, let, I'm going to show American pie. Oh, and, boy. Uh, you know, I invited a girl. She oh, invited yeah. a girl. Yeah. They invited some friends, extra butter and on the popcorn. All, and when it was all said and done with like 25 people showed up. 
with, oh, okay. with beer. And I don't want to say anything more than that. You need to listen to the story. It's called Theater Story. Yeah, you better pay for that one. It's available. No. But when I say you have no idea the direction the story is going, <laughs> you have no idea. No idea. <laughs> I'm not sure how I got on this whole no, whole tangent. No, we were, I know. We were talking about film. I want to add another convo. I think we have two left now. We got to get back, but that's fine. So, Bill. You were talking about No Holds Barred. I was talking about No Holds Barred. Yes, yeah. I, I was all, and, all over and the listen, place. And listen, and let's let's pause on that one. So, let's talk about, because we're supposed to like go off tangents, right? So, yes, we're, we've already done a couple here. Let's there's, add there's, one more. There's t- no rules. Here. Yeah, there is no there's rules. There's no rules. Speaking of uh, No Holds Barred, there's no whole rules here. So This, this yeah. show. Could pass, be, yeah. should just be called No Holds Barred. Right. Yeah. The, wow. Perfect. Look yeah. at that. In All fact, right. that's going to be the name of this episode. There you go. Beautiful. We come up with it. Yes. So, I love it. So, WrestleMania 2, okay? Yes. Which, is which, the, which, was, which was filmed. They, they did it in like three different cities. What do you mean? I mean... They were wrestling into three different three places? Different, three okay. different, three right. different places. Didn't catch that. All right. Chicago, Detroit, New York. So... This is the dawn of uh, pay-per-view. And at, at the time, I remember prior to this, we uh, we went and watched like a Larry Holmes fight, a boxing fight, like he was a heavyweight champion at the time. And we'd have to look up the, the year of that. But we went to see pay-per-view. We went to a movie theater. That was actually the site for the fight, right? And then for um, WrestleMania two, I remember going to Lakeland, Florida, which was like two and a half hours away. So they had sites where you could actually see pay-per-view. So it was called closed, I think it was called closed circuit TV. Yep. They had right? that so in Canada. that was before pay-per-view to where you'd have to drive to a location to catch the live event. Cause it wasn't like you could just get it on TV. Yep. So I remember Lakeland civic center had it on this teeny screen that was above the back. It was like probably like some basketball arena. Uh, and we watched WrestleMania two, I think on that damn. That is how I watched WrestleMania three in Canada. Yeah, that's we, went, we went to a place called the Halifax Forum, and they had it on screens. It was closed circuit. Isn't that crazy? But it, people where treated we've it like to today. now. Now, I correct. Watch it on my watch now. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm not an expert on WrestleMania two, but is that not the Hulk Hogan King Kong Bundy cage match? No, because see, I so long ago I thought it was when. He body slammed Andre the Giant. That's you're three. saying that's three. That's definitely yeah. three. That was so at the two, Pontiac Silverdome. So two, I went to Lakeland. It, the, I don't even remember what we saw because the screen was so small and it was up there. So then WrestleMania three is when he body slammed him. And we, at that point, we saw that at a house. So yeah. they had gotten pay-per-view, I think, all of, I don't know what the time difference was from two to three, but three is when we saw, I saw him body slam him and that was at my uncle's house. So two, I don't remember what I watched because the t- screen was so small. And I don't know what my dad paid for it. <sighs> wrestling's, anyway. wrestling's come a long way since Wrestling's then. come a long way. Technology, pay-per-view, all this stuff. It's amazing it, what we dealt with back then. It truly is. It yeah. truly is. So anyway. So, Bill, I'm watching Roadhouse this morning, probably for the 14th or 15th time. And I love this movie. Yeah. I, I absolutely love it. You want to go live in a barn in a loft? I do. I want to pay a hundred dollars a month to Hell live yeah. in that loft. That you know, was great. He didn't even want to charge him that. No, but it's going to keep him in the good graces of the church. So it was important <laughs> that he does charge him that. Emmett. Emmett. Thank God I watched it. So uh, yesterday. I'm going to ask you some questions yeah. about the movie. All right. Oh boy. Not mo- trivia. Don't do. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. I don't the, want to the, be embarrassed. The movie opens it's embarrassing up. Embarrassing. Okay. So, so. Patrick Swayze plays the character of Dalton. Oh, yeah. And Dalton is a cooler. Okay. Yes. Now, what's a cooler? 
So the cooler is kind of in charge of the bouncers. He's he's the boss of the he's, bouncers, right? So he technically doesn't bounce. He instructs them and manages them and sh- and kind of he he keeps them in order. It's great. He keeps a cool head he about himself. Cool, right. I think that's just where the term. Nice. Could, yeah, just be just nice. Be nice. But yeah, he's in so, charge of the bouncers. So we open up on a nightclub in New York City. Terrible band too. People were loving that band. I don't know what the hell they were doing in there. I'm not 100 percent sure awful. what's going on. In this yeah. I have never, <laughs> that opening scene. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been to a nightclub where it's a band and not a DJ? I mean, I've been to bars where like we go to see musicians right. play, but this is like a nightclub, right? With a band. With a band. Yeah. And people are dancing are, like it's fucking New Year's Eve. Like they're crushed. They're, they're having, having the time of their life, and a band is awful. They're having the best. And, and this so movie is, is so quick to point out the count, the kind of money that's being thrown oh, yeah, around he's here. Walking around, like how about a little gold bills. plastic? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden. Like there's some some crazy altercation. We see Dalton. Yes. The camera kind of pans in slowly, uh-huh. and it's like a side profile of Patrick Swayze, and he's just nodding to the music. Oh, like he's yeah. he's in the, the zone, bomb. but he that knows what's bomb. going on. He oh, knows yeah. what's going on. Oh, yeah. He's he's not drinking. He takes his job very serious. He drinks right. black coffee. Let it. Let, let it. it. Let, let it. it. Let Absolutely. It. Let it. it. I'm on it. And then he's just looking around. He's keeping an eye on everything. Now it's 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 <laughs> ob- it's, it's we have to be led to believe that he's he's cleaned this place up. This place is oh, ready yeah. to go. Obviously, he was at the end of his, this, this his is reign it. there. You know yeah. what? He's taking he's taking it all in. They're, like oh, I've, yeah. I've, I've 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 hit the peak. Uh-huh. I'm at the peak, but shit's still going down at this place. Right. I mean, all of a sudden, this lady because just pulls out a knife. How tough, but yet we yep. had to prove how tough he was and how smart he is too. <laughs> so the knife gets pulled on him. <laughs> right. You know, he the guy the guy swipes at him. Yeah. You know, cuts his arm. Uh-huh. And then, by the way, everybody knows who Dalton is. The entire country knows who Dalton is. Yeah, somehow the, word traveled back then. That, listen, I, I've said this before yeah. on numerous times, and I don't want to go on a tangent, but I just I love the idea of these like Midwestern bars. Like, yeah, that's all, your thing. They all know these. They all like right. these house bands that play, and they're doing. All, but we'll get into that. We'll get that, that, when that, we, that, we talk I, about the house band. I think like, you want to. That's like, that's like your business. Thing. You're going to run. That, one that's day. my business model. Yeah, like yeah, I really want to do. I want to run roadhouses. Right. Basically. So Patrick Swayze, the guy, the guy basically says, "I've always wanted to take you, Dalton." Patrick Swayze says, "Outside." You look like him right now. You look angry right now. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know if you notice this, but I'm wearing the Wade Garrett. Wow. Yeah, you he, like that? Yeah, you, listeners, you Dana can't see. Dana right but now I, looks like he's got, like you know the tough guy on a. Biker I got the I got group. the Wade Garrett cuff on right now. Wow. Next yeah. time you watch the movie, check it out. And Wade he's Garrett got a fist pointing it at me. I don't know if you know this. Out, dude. Wade Garrett's the best. He is the best. He is the best. But I don't want the best. I want you. So, All right. <laughs> that's exactly what. That's that's, that's what he says. That's right? what he says. Hell yeah. So I'm that's Tillman who says that. Tillman comes in. So we also we also see Tillman come in. Okay. Right. Now he's looking out of place. He's looking like he's from the Midwest. He looked right? like creepy old dude yeah. snooping around looking. He, he oh, walks yeah. in. Creepy. He sees Dalton handle this altercation right. with class. He's like, All right. Yeah, that's my man. Outside, uh-huh. Dalton tricks these two guys that to go great. outside, walks in. Bouncers are preventing these guys from coming back in. Dalton is in like a little office. He's stitching himself up. He's got a little kit. Did you notice this? Like, oh, he's got this. Yeah, he's got this. His, his kit. He's, he's got literally this, he's, he's, stitching himself stitch, up. Not even looking. Not even looking. Of what he's I, just, he's yeah, just yeah. stitching. Uh-huh. In walks Tillman. All right. Tillman introduced himself. He says, I got a little place outside Kansas City. All right. Called the Double Deuce. <laughs> That's a hot spot out and there. And he says, he goes, used to be a used to be a pretty sweet place. All right. Now it's the kind of place they sweep the eyeballs up at the end. Uh-huh. He goes, I've come into a little bit of money. Okay. Want to make a better life for myself. 
How much money are you going to make from operating one bar? From outside one, Kansas yeah, City, too. In Jasper, yeah. Wyoming, Jasper yeah. uh, Missouri. Right. I don't know how much money you're actually going to make doing that. Well. He says, Dalton, he goes, I need someone to help me clean the place up. I need the best. Dalton says, Wait, yeah. Wade Garrett's the best. Mm-hmm. He says, I want you. Yeah. Then Patrick Swayze lays down the numbers. And I, I wrote these numbers down. Okay. Are you ready? This is a lot of money for 1989. Hit me against the head. No wonder he drives okay. a Mercedes. No Hit shit. Me. Throw okay. it at me. He says, I want $5,000 up front. Hell no. I don't have that kind of money. Okay. I oh, want right. 500 a night cash yep. plus you pay all medical expenses. I love how that's part of the contract, and, medical and, expenses. And Tillman goes, I can live with that. I got your plane ticket right here. Oh, dog, already. He says, keep it. I don't fly. Too dangerous. <laughs> greatest right. listen this is this movie is already starting off now we get to the part where dalton is walking to a parking garage he's driving a shitty car yeah. we're gonna learn why he drives shitty cars oh, in a yeah. little while and there's there's a, a homeless guy who's in everything i've seen that guy he, in he's, other he's in weird oh, yeah. science uh-huh. he's the guy he he's, cool voice, he's got that cool right. he's yeah. he he, he <laughs> He's that guy in Weird Science. What's he where, say? He has a funny line in one he goes, movie. Well, he goes, "Drink it." That's from Weird, Weird Science All when right. they're at the we're at the bar. But Patrick Swayze parks the car, flips the keys to the, to this guy. He goes, "Like, what do I look like a valet to you?" Yeah. He's like, "Keep it." Gets in his car. It's a Mercedes. It's beautiful. It had windshield wipers for the, the, uh, the front. God, lights. those Germans knew Classy, what they were doing. Dude. They knew they knew what they were doing. Non Detroit w- driving car. Puts a cassette right. tape in. That I did notice that sweet a tan one tan tan plastic so they hadn't even evolved to the clear plastic cassette tape shot. We're off and running. We don't know when Dalton's going to get there. What song was it played? Another shitty song. Ah, uh, this movie's hell? full of so many wonderful shitty oh, songs. Geez. It does. No, it, but the band. We'll get to the band. The band's great. All right, so I love the real band. That's the how the movie opens up. It yeah. basically establishes he's a cooler. Yeah, he's not the best. He has great hair. He's he's the best he has hair. Fantastic he, hair. He, he's he smokes. Flow. He's, defi- flow he's definitely just... smoking a lot of cigarettes in this movie. That's a thing. That's a thing. And that was a... part of his contract too. So I'm going to tell you. Buy I'm all gonna, my I, cigarettes. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to tell you a story. All right. You ready? What Go. if I? What if I told you no. that for one night I worked as a bouncer? Liar. There's no way. I, it's listen. I thought you'd be bigger. There's no exactly, way. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right. You don't have the hair though. I'm going to set the scenario. All right. Okay. Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah. 1996. Outside of UT, ten, like near on basically on the campus of the University wow, of Tennessee, okay. so Cumberland Avenue. All right. Okay. I'm working at a sports bar as a server. Okay. This sports bar, like all bars in Knoxville, was open till 3 a.m. And on Fridays and Saturday nights, they would have a DJ play. And you know, it was a college town. The yeah. place would get packed. It was, and they had four or five bouncers. Like big guys. And these guys were all University of Tennessee football players, like linemen. They'd make an extra buck. They'd make like 40 bucks a night. How the hell did you get the job? So they were short a person. Short, exactly. Short. Listen, okay. Uh They're short a person. So they needed one for somebody short. So the manager comes up to me and he says, I need to talk to you in the office. I said, okay. And I walk in the office and he has three Tennessee driver's license on his desk. Oh, And he said, he said, Dana, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. Which one of these is fake? Wow, a test right away. And I went, I looked at him, and I honestly really couldn't tell, but I thought it was kind of a trick, and I said, they're all fake. And he goes, all right, here's the deal. All right. Joe, You're hired. Joe or, some, <laughs> Joe or someone, yeah. the, the guy who actually checks the IDs can't yeah. make it in tonight. All right? 
I can't count on these other guys. They've never checked IDs. For some reason, you just, you're going to fit the bill. Here's a shirt. It fucking hands me a black shirt that says security Shut on it. Up. I'm five foot seven, maybe 153 pounds soaking medium. wet. Okay. Oh my God. All right. They give me a mag light, a big a mag big light, a big mag light. It's a black. It was a big black mag yes. light. All right. With a holster, with a holster for the mag light. Did okay. Did you get a walkie talkie? I did get a walkie talkie. Shut your mouth. I did. I did. I got the over the ear piece. I got the walkie talkie. <laughs> now my job. Did you my, get a clipboard? Now, now listen, my job is to just, <laughs> awesome. my job is to just check IDs. That is all my job. I am not. If shit goes down, yeah. I'm not to get involved. And no, I don't, you're running. I, I don't think I want to. All Did right. Did he say but, McLovin on but it? But here's. But now listen. Now here's the deal. <laughs> here's the deal. Are you ready? The police are always hanging around this area, and they have instructed us: anytime someone gives you an obvious fake ID, okay, you keep it, and Ooh. you tell them. You keep it. Someone's obviously giving you a fake ID. They want to get them off the street, they, they, man. They, 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 say, they say, I'm sorry, I have to keep this. There's a police officer right over there. If he says you can have it back, you can have it back. And they're and not 100, 100% yeah, yeah, of the time, 100% they out. say bye. They yeah, say I'm bye. out. Now, <laughs> of course. So, so that night, and I'm working from 9 till 2.45 in the morning, okay? And this place, hundreds of people are coming in and out of this place, okay? Mm. So... I think I'm kind of like a little badass. Of course all right? you do. All right. And oh I'm surrounded. God. I'm surrounded by these, you know, offensive massive and defensive linemen. Yeah, these yeah. guys are massive. And they think it's hilarious that this little guy is working with them. Right. They're like, they're like that scene in Rudy. Like they're rubbing the top yeah. of my head. Like, how you doing, guy? We Did got to carry you off on yeah. your shoulders on the way. They're so they're so happy. Like they're and they're picking on me a little bit. All right. No. Um. So but I'm I'm <laughs> I'm I am just like I'm having a ball. I love this. This so, is great. So she can't so, even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rudy, yeah, Rudy. that's why I get so Rudy. emotional whenever time I watch Rudy. Oh yeah, you know, because I want, me. I that's want, me. I want it to be a walk-on at the University of Tennessee. <laughs> that's me. So, so, so the night starts up. Start getting the IDs. Yeah. All right, and. You know, see, but people would try to use their University of Tennessee ID, which didn't work. And remember, drinking age is 21. Yeah. So you've got freshmen and sophomores and some juniors that yeah, are not, not old they, enough. They can't, they're, they're, they, can't they can't drink. And right. it's not an 18 and up place. You have to be 21 to get club, into this like place. Like a dance club or whatever. You have to be 21. Yeah, got it. So every once in a while, you know, I'd get an obvious ID. Or like a library I'd, card. I'd, I'd be like, you know. And it was a University of Tennessee idea. I give it back to him. Said, "No, no, this doesn't work. You need a driver's they license." They try. They try. One person literally gave me a piece of paper that was laminated with a picture. Come and on, the, dude! And, and like handwritten their their information. Bunch now, of hillbillies up there. What is wrong with these people? I was taught a trick that I was taught. I was taught something to use that night. If I wasn't sure if somebody was using someone else's ID, oh, the ID's real. The, the real. Uh, I said, well, "I'm. I, I am going to ask you." Yeah. Three questions. All right. If you hesitate yeah. on any of these three questions, you're not getting in and on this ID. They're not prepared. They, at they're, that not time, prepared. they're not ready. They're to not say, prepared. But I would ask the first yeah. one. I'd ask an easy yeah. one. I'd ask him an easy one. Yeah. What month were you born? October. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. No problem. All right. You yeah. ready? You ready? Oh, yeah. The next question would be, Done. what's your sign? Yeah. And they'd say Saturday. And I would. Yeah, they, they, I, and I would never know the answer anyway. But if, but but if they hesitated, yeah, they're like uh, uh, Libra. And the and the third one was. What year did you graduate high school? Oh my gosh! And and you'd be surprised how many people stumble through this. I can't listen. Obviously, you're not coming in. You're not coming in. Yeah, at that point, so, it's only like two years ago. You should know that right away. So so, 
Man, you're so good, Damon. Yeah, so I'm 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 getting through the night and get through the night. Maybe it's for fun. the record, it's, you're trained like in five minutes. That's right. You're this good already. Absolutely. Man, you're um, it's like, like police academy four, citizens on patrol. Okay, like I've got this <laughs> under control. Okay. If I ever open so, a bar, so hired. along along comes a girl with a couple of her friends. Okay, is her name Polly? I d- <laughs> no. Along comes a girl, gives me ID. Okay, it's not real. It's fake. It's uh-huh. not. It's not a real ID. It's hot, not even her picture, hot but it's on. but it's not real. Yeah. And I look at it and I just go, I said, "No, nah, I'm I'm sorry." I said, uh, "I said that's not you." She goes, "That's absolutely me." Mm-hmm. I said, "No, no, that's not you." I said, "I said I, I have to keep this." I said, yeah. "I'm sorry." I said, you, "You can find a police officer. You know they're walking around. If they come back and they tell me it's okay, you can have it." She goes, "No, I have to have this. We're going somewhere else. I have to have this." I said, "I'm sorry, I can't give this back to you. Yeah. You 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 have to get a police officer." And if they so. She watches me put it in the back pocket of my jeans because that's okay. where I had like three other IDs in there, right. right? So maybe about 30 minutes later, I'm like talking to somebody. I've got my back to the door. Yeah. There's like a little there's like a little lull in the line. There's not yeah. a line. And all of a sudden, I feel a tap on my shoulder and I turn around and I get sucker punched by this guy. Like just cold clocks me wow. across the face, knocks me to the ground. And he reaches in yeah. and he grabs the IDs out of my back pocket. It was the boyfriend of the girls who ID okay. I took. And I get on the walkie and I just go, yes. SOS, SOS, front door, front door, SOS, front door. Is that your code word? That was my code word. SOS. Right, which which I hadn't called. And we don't, you don't hear that called very often, right? No. This guy, he had a University of Tennessee hat on. Yeah, it was like a white hat with the, with, the, with the orange yeah. tee. At this point, three of the bouncers walk out. They see me on the ground, like holding my face. Oh, dude. And I go, they're that gonna, guy. Oh, yes. They're going to be so mad. They pummeled the shit yes. out of this guy. Like, they're not trained yes. bouncers. They didn't have Patrick Swayze telling them They've to be nice. They've been waiting know, for this be, moment. Be though. nice. Yes. They beat the fuck yeah, out of this guy. Nice. All right. They weren't nice. Be, turns out this guy was the captain of the University of Tennessee po- water polo team. All right. Like, what? he was, he was like about to graduate I bet he and could shit. swing his arm, though. The fucking cops uh-huh. come and arrest him. He's all beat up because he arrest him for assaulting me. Now, the cop comes up to me and says, do you want to press charges against him? Who, all right. Who, he asked you. The police officer asked me if I want to press charges against the guy who sucker punched me. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting there and basically it's explained to me that if I say yes, yeah, he'll never be in the Olympic. This team. this guy is going to be expelled from school. Yeah. He's going to lose his scholarship from playing water. His life is going to be over. All right, his academic career is you going to come to a crashing halt, and he's hands. sitting in the back of the police car. All right, That's and awesome and he's story. looking at me, and I'm looking at him, and I'm still fired up. I got a black eye. I mean, my eyes all yeah, swollen. Jerk. He sucker punched me. Uh-huh. All right, I wasn't even ready for it. And I look at the cop, and the cop looks at me, and I go, "No, nah, I don't want to press charges." Yeah, man. You're, you're, all right. That's Dana. So That's you, I get it. So I go back, and manager says, "You okay?" I said, "I'm fine. I'm fine." At the end of the night. I get my money. I get a little tip out from all this. Uh-huh. And I go inside and the three bouncers that had helped me, they're sitting at a high top drinking beers. And one of the bouncers has the guy's hat on backwards. He's wearing his hat yes. back. The guy, and I thought it was the greatest thing ever. I, I was like, and, this trophy. That, and if I wasn't like already a lifelong University of Tennessee yeah. fan, they literally saved my life. Yeah. How can I not be a fan? So that was my first and only time as a bouncer. But Great if this story, if this man. guy's ever listening, you know, okay, true story. Yeah, this guy probably is yeah. listening right now. True sure story. Three weeks later, sure. guy comes into the bar looking for me, wanted to thank me. Okay. He wanted to apologize and he wanted to thank me. He goes, and we 
I the would same s- dude. Same dude. I wouldn't yeah, say that yeah. we became buddies, but it's you know it's a college town. I would see him around from yeah. time to time, and any time I was at a bar or something, you beer? the the bartender would be like, "You don't have a tab." I'm like, "I don't." Yeah. He's like, "No, that guy over there picked it up for you." So, yeah. you know. You did him a solid. I, bro. I did do yeah. him a solid. That's solid of his life, probably. So that was uh, that was me as a bouncer. Yeah, damn it. One and only time. Um. So when we kind of talked about bar stories and all this, um, did you did they ever do bladder bust? No. What's a bladder bust? Right. So for the listeners, it, probably mainly in college towns too. So I or I went to UCF in Orlando, so I don't know if this is just a, a UCF thing. I, I doubt it. I'm sure it's been in other college bars. But pretty much the concept of the bladder bust is everyone, and it's from a certain time period. So I'm sure that they would say show up at 7, and you know, it starts at 7. So you get to the bar at 7. Everybody drinks draft beer for free. So nobody pays for beer. And then um when the free beer stops is when the first person has to go take a piss oh my god so when you when your bladder busts oh everyone at that point has to buy beer so you but it's unlimited so they you there could be hundreds of people in the bar because it was a big bar so I, maybe 200 people are in there 100 or whatever it was can you imagine and it's you know no offense it's usually probably a smaller chick like a cheerleader or whatever that has to pee and can you imagine what that place sounds like when everyone's just crushing beers and then someone goes to the bathroom? It was hilarious. Oh, my God. How many of those do you think you went to? Two. 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 <laughs> Boo- the booze and screaming. Like, you know, it's you kind of get used to that it's going to happen at some point, that someone's going to have to piss. So, you you know, we, we just start pounding. And obviously, the draft cups are, like, so small. You right. Think, so it takes a while to get another one just because there's so many people and you're tipping, you know, we would throw a dollar, but you weren't spending a lot of money, but you're just crushing beers as fast as you can. That reminds me, speaking, it's hilarious. Of, spe- it's a hilarious speaking of beer, that reminds yeah. me of, um, if I could just share a quick story with oh, you real quick. I thought you were going to say you wanted to go get one. Oh, no, no, maybe in a little bit, right. maybe a little bit. If I could just share just a quick story about beer. You yeah. just reminded me of something. Well, good. So longtime listeners out there might know that I used to be a, a DJ. Before getting into podcast, I would work at I'm night. I'm sure you'll plug it again if you haven't. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I am, um, you know, I and I did a lot of different things. I did nightclubs. I did raves. I did weddings. I did all kinds of stuff. And here in town, here in the town that I live in, there was a, a nightclub here. It was yeah. called Fired Up. I don't know if you remember Fired Up. Right? Were you living in the town? No, I don't think it was here when I was here. It was a three-story nightclub. For the record, it's probably this is, this 15 is, years old. This is, like, this is like 2002, 2003, okay? Yeah. okay? And I am one of the resident DJs there. Now, just to set the stage, this club is open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, three levels. Okay, main floor, top forty, top forty hip hop. You know the popular music of the time. It's not midnight rodeo. It's not midnight rodeo. Third floor, seventies and eighties music. Okay, Okay? gets kind of the older crowd. The older crowd there. Okay, it's had more of a loungy vibe up there. Eighties goth night. And then, then in the basement was like the EDM. Like the techno, the trance, rave. the breakbeat, the rave stuff. You. Yeah, and I, I would do a lot of sets down there. I love that. I love that shit. Glow sticks, yes. fog machines, uh, uh, Vicks inhalers. But I won't go any further than that. Oh, so they wanted to open up on Wednesday nights. Now Wednesday nights, traditionally in this town, there was a there's a place called O'Malley's, and they were doing a boxing night. They had a boxing ring, and traditionally most people would go to O'Malley's, uh-huh. but they wanted to try to capture some of that Wednesday night business. Yeah. So they came to me and said, Dana, we want to promote you from not just DJ but to promotional manager. We think you've got some interesting ideas. We'd love for you to see what you can come up with. We need to really we need to get people here 
we have no doubt that when we open at 10 or 11 that people will come, but we want to open up at like seven, you know, we want to get a drinking crowd in here from like seven to 10. What do you think? What do you think? Come up with some ideas. Take a couple days. Come back. I said, all right, sure. cool. So I think about it for a couple days. I come back. I said, I got it. Nickel draft beers. Beautiful. They said nickel draft beers. They said it's a great idea. It's a it's genius, Dan. I said it's perfect. It's perfect because what we'll do is we'll get with the local beer distributors and we'll get a couple kegs of Southpaw or or some really cheap beer for free or almost free. Oh yeah, I mean you know it's one of those things. If we agree to be, if we agree to buy ten more kegs of Coors Light, we want a couple Southpaws for free. That's exactly and that's exactly how it went. And they said that's a brilliant idea. Let's start marketing it. We're going to do it in three weeks. Yeah, we got we got to get some promotions tied in with this. I said, beautiful. I called I called the local radio station, Wind FM. Oh yeah, they're going to do a live remote. They're going to come out for for two hours. You're on fire. All right. I call one of the local pizzerias. All right. They're going to donate twenty pizzas to this thing. All right. You're special. I'm so like we're making this. This is before social media. All right. So you had to get flyers made. You had to pass flyers out. I did one better than that. I got some girls that worked there. To stand out on the street with big signs that said "Nickel Draft Beer this Wednesday night, seven to 10. Got it. A couple of them wore bikinis. Whatever, it's Florida. They, hey. could, get, they could get away with it. Yeah. And I, we're just out there promoting the shit out of Did this. You have a hot dog machine? The, the, the hot dog thing? No. Okay. No. All right. <laughs> no. All right. So, so the night of. All right. The pizzas have been delivered. The DJs from Wind FM are there. They're doing a live remote. All right. They're coming in at like 630. Hey, we're going to hear it fired up. Nickel draft beer premiere of nickel draft beer night. Make sure you get down here. No cover charge. Just come on and enjoy some nickel draft beers. For how long? Forever. Seven to ten. Oh, okay. Seven to ten. Okay. I'm upstairs in the office with with the actual general manager of with, the club. With Dalton. And we, yep. well, I'm up there with uh, Tillman. Tillman. I'm okay. up there with got Tillman. It, got it. And in there, we had like the, this is like, we had the cameras. And we had the little monitors, but these are black and white monitors. And the cameras cool. were not great. They're not high definition. They're grainy. Right. Okay. And right at seven o'clock, we can see the cameras that are shooting down into the main bar. And the place is filling up. <laughs> All right. It is getting packed oh in there. And God. we are fucking high fiving each yeah, other. Yeah, you think we won. We, we're like fist bumping we- <laughs> before fist bumping was even cool. All right. Like we are, we are unbelievable you did it dana you did it i can't wait to hear what your other ideas are you're gonna own this club someday and i'm like yeah he goes there's gonna be a nice bonus in it for you tonight when this is all said and done with i'm like this is amazing he goes let's go down and have a celebration drink let's do it yeah we walk down the stairs into the main bar and oh there was 50 60 people there and they were all homeless Shut up. Every one of them. No. It was the local homeless. You're all of them. Sh- you're sh- okay. No, Dana. Okay. All right. The people in the bar? Every one of the bar. We couldn't make it out from the office. All right. <laughs> They're all homeless. All right. Yeah. All right. And all that spare change they have. Okay. One of them, like they would go up no. to the bar and they would just slap down 75 cents in nickels. No. And say, give me 20 <laughs> beers. Give me 15 beers. Give me 10 beers. And then every high top table, like they had like uh, 30 beers, draft no. beers on there. All right. They're going over there. They're grabbing all the pizza. They've got pizza stacked up, slices on top of it. Okay. You're like a high end soup kitchen. They're out telling their friends. They got runners out there. Tell them. <laughs> This is the greatest thing ever, all right? 
all the beer you can have oh for a nickel, God. right? The bartenders want to fucking kill, kill me. You. They oh, yeah. want to kill me. Yeah. All right. The Wind <laughs> FM guys, they pack up their shit and leave. No. I'm like, you guys are leaving. Like, what the fuck? We can't promote this. Did you get anyone normal? No. Oh. No. Like, no, no. A couple people would walk in and yeah, be like, fuck get out this. of here. This is garbage. Fuck this. <laughs> I mean, it was awful. Like, there was oh, beer. No. They, they were spilling beers all over the place. Oh, there was cups God. everywhere. Pizza all over the floor. Yeah. And we ended up shutting the place down around eight o'clock. We just shut it down. Oh no! And uh, I was relieved of my uh, I was relieved no. of my position of you promotional did your job. I did everything I was supposed he to do. He didn't say what kind of people. So the How bar the bartenders the, uh, the bartenders. Well, we did really good job promoting it. Yeah. So the word got out. You know, yeah. we had signs out front, nickel draft beer for them to ten. You know, oh, bro. So yeah, that was my. Uh, it was my first and only time as so a I, I promotion. Have a nickel, yeah. I, I have a nickel draft beer night. Please. Sorry. So, again, don't remember the, the time, but I lived in Orlando, so I know it had to have been like late 90s. It's got to have been 90s. And we're on Church Street Station, which is like a big kind of go-out thing down in, in Orlando, downtown Orlando. So it was kind of the the most uh, non-theme park thing to do in Orlando was go to Church Street Station. Lots awesome of live, place. Uh, yeah, cool awesome place. place. Live music and all theme bars and super nice. But this one bar, uh, I, I keep thinking it's Phineas Foggs. I think it's Phineas Foggs, but they had nickel beer night. And that was the same thing. You, you know, they actually had real customers go in there, though. Like, <laughs> you know, and I, I think I remember you'd put a dollar down and get four or five beers. They'd just give you just cheap, same thing, cheap draft beer. But the the one night, the most famous night, and this was probably the last time they ever did it, um, we're walking towards it, and this guy gets thrown out of the window Duh. of the bar onto the sidewalk. So out of like the bar. something out of a movie, like yeah, thrown yeah, like through the window. Glass, just boom. And, uh, you know, obviously we never made it in there. And then later in the night, we found out it was Charles Barkley. Because he had played the magic. Wait, in it was a, Charles Parkley, that, that basketball player. He went through the window. No, or no? he threw somebody out. He of threw some, yeah, yeah. So I think someone was talking shit to him, <laughs> and, and it was all over the news. So this isn't like you know something. He threw some dude out the sidewalk. Oh yeah. So and he was still playing at the time. Oh yeah, dude. He was a player. He, you know, now he would never do that. Now he, you know, he was kind of a hothead. That was a big was story, kind of dude. <laughs> Threw the dude out the window. So, all right, for the record, nickel beer night for anyone out there. Never a good idea. A bad idea. Never for a good everybody. idea. Never a good idea. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the legend of nickel beer night. Yeah, that's no. uh, that's almost twenty years ago, and I still have anxiety when I think about it. Bladder bus sounds better than nickel beer. Just night. just for that know. shining moment, the manager looked at me like I I had like I was fucking for a Howard Hughes buying a casino in Vegas. You know, like I just I had I had. Champion to just like loser. It was that moment, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> so circling back to Roadhouse, if we could just for a moment. You're pro, Dana. Right back to business. Just want to get He's down like, to it. Okay. Pro, so bro. before we talk a little bit more about oh, yeah, the movie, that's why we're here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, we want to talk about it. We, we've watched. We've all watched the movie. We we've enjoyed even, it. You it's didn't a, even say double deuce yet. No, we're getting there. We're getting oh, yeah, there. Okay. Well, my bad. My bad. But I just want to give you some particulars about the film. Okay. So the movie's directed by Rowdy Harrington. Okay. Produced by Joel Silver. Now that's a big deal. This goes that's back a big to name. That this goes back to what I was talking about when I say like the '80s action movies. Joel Silver produced Lethal Weapon, Die Hard, Commando, you name it. The big and, action films. But then this. But so he but, was he was on to something here. The movie stars Patrick Swayze, Sam Elliott, Kelly Lynch, and Ben Gazzara in a just 
one of the best roles he's ever done as Brad Wesley. Yeah, I, I love at the beginning when you get introduced to Brad Wesley and it looks like he's the old man from frickin' Jurassic Park. He's got this stupid little suit on. He's got his little white hat. He's coming in a helicopter. Yeah, I'm like, it's, it's where's tre- your cane with the, the little it's, mosquito it's thing? Tremendous. Like, it's tremendous. It's tremendous. He cut co- like, all right, go ahead. Sorry. So the movie was released on May 19th, 1989. $15 million budget made a very respectable $61 million. That, that, that's, that's a, a lot. That's a, again, at that time, a lot of money. Good for, uh, ROI. That's a lot good ROI. So. Like we talked about, Dalton meets Tillman. Okay, Tillman now wants Dalton to come to oh, yeah, okay. Jasper, Missouri. Sorry, All I right? ju- yeah, I okay. just got back. I'm back. So, so I'm now in. we're in, now we're introduced to the Double Deuce Roadhouse. All right, and it Beautiful. is a shithole. It's a dump. It is. It is. You walk in, and it's literally people fighting. There's the band, the Jeff Healy band, the House Band. Again, I, I just want to reiterate. Well, they know who Dalton is too, of course. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the house band again. Yeah, the the song. I spent some time in Rock Springs, Wyoming, back in two thousand, and we were there for about six weeks. Was that when you were prepping for Yellowstone? What, like, why are you in Wyoming? What's what's up with that? You know, we're gonna have to. You're just gonna have to tune into some I future episodes you, of the Twosies. All right. Yeah, I'm six right. weeks in Rock Springs, Wyoming. Okay. I'm, I'm doing my thing up Got there. It. Okay, with a couple of buddies of mine. There's a local. There's a local roadhouse there called Kill Peppers. All right. We went there every night. All right. Yeah. They had a house band. Yep. House band played for two weeks. Then they're off they're, to Lincoln. They're, on the road. they're, off, they're off to Lincoln, Nebraska for a two week gig somewhere else. Like there's a whole circuit yep. of house bands. So it's cool. Good at the, life. At better, the Double you know, Deuce, it's it. the Jeff Healy band. They're never identified by that's name that, right? as the Jeff that's Healy the real band. Name. That is the, the real band's band. band's real name. Yeah. By that point, you know, in this, in the lead singer, Jeff Healy, he is, he's blind. And they have like one of my favorite songs. One of the greatest songs time. ever I, written. I love that song. It's awesome. Angel Eyes. Yeah, yeah it's great. One, one of the most beautiful. And they don't play it during the movie. They don't. One of the most beautiful Bullshit. songs song. ever written. Ever written. So. Totally agree. Love it. Dalton makes his entrance sitting by the bar and all he's doing, he's just observing, observing. what's going on. He's, oh, he's, yeah. he's looking. There's fights going on. You got Terry Funk is the bouncer. Now that's what I love. See, that's yeah. my wrestling. That my Terry Funk wrestle when I, if Listen, people don't know who that guy is. And I, he, I know. he, you know, there's some people fighting. And then, then he's, just, he's, he, Terry Funk says to people, if you're not drinking, get out of here. He looks at Dalton and says, that goes for you too. Get out of here. So great perm. You oh, know, great the, hair. Wait when you see this guy's hair. The, bar- Solid the bartender Solid. says, what are you drinking? He says, coffee, black. Then we get the cocktail waitress, okay? Yeah. She's real friendly. She's really nice. You know, she says, what's your name? And he just puts a cigarette in. And he says, Dalton. She no, freaks she out. says, do you have a name? You have a name. He She's goes, like, yeah. Yes. And then that's she goes, it. well, what, what is it? <laughs> he says, Dalton. And she freaks out. She's like, she knows who Dalton? this is. Like, Everybody Dalton. knows who Dalton mm-hmm. is. Right. Again, this has to do with like the Midwestern circuit. Everybody knows who Dalton is. He's the, he's next, next to Wade Garrett. He's the most famous cooler in the business and he's just observing. He's watching. Right. Band takes a break. He comes up, talks to Jeff Healy. He knew him from uh, Dayton, Ohio. Exactly. Right. He's, you know, and that's what Jeff Healy says, man, this place is worse than that, that place we played back in Dayton. You know, like it's just, it's awful. And we're, we're just really setting up that Dalton has his work cut out for him. But he's observing things. Yeah. See, he's seeing drug he's deals seen going weak, on. Yeah, the weak links, you know. He, he's right. seeing the bartender skimming. 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 He, uh, 
And so when for the record, Dana, define like tell the listeners what skimming means if they don't know what skimming is. So what's happening is, uh, and Dalton breaks it down. He has a mathematical equation. He already to, knew to, how to, much money is costing to, the bar. To, yeah, to this day, I still haven't. He says it so quickly. I've never really been able to break it down. <laughs> He's like your past, you know, your past posting, and I'd say you're doing uh, one shot every, you know. One draft every right. ten, you know, uh, two shots every bottle, and I'd then say, pocketing. I'd say, yeah, he's pocketing the rest. I'd say he's costing you about one hundred and fifty a night. Yeah, I think he's probably yeah. more. It's probably costing him yeah. more than that. But yeah, but, but he sees that going on because you know, let's be honest, he's overpouring. Honest. He was overpouring, undercharging, and taking money. I'm not trying to say anything negative, but as a bartender, probably not making a lot of money doing that. Right. I mean, these guys are coming in there. All they're doing is fighting. They're barely drinking. You got to sell drinks to make money. Sure. I'm not saying I think it's i'm not condoning it right but maybe i understand why he's doing it he's probably not making any money but sure. come to find out he's connected we'll yeah, get to exactly. that we'll get that a little exactly. bit so it's over with he he talks to tillman tillman comes in and he's just like oh we got a clean house patrick swayze calls a staff meeting this i is, love the this like the, this classic is, staff meeting all right the uh, morning after yeah immediately yeah. immediately starts cleaning house mm-hmm. starts saying you you're out we're not you're you're dealing drugs. You're out. Tells the bartender goes through that mathematical equation. Yeah. You're out. By the way, Tillman's giving these people severance checks. You notice he's handing he's handing got, them an like envelope. Their last paycheck yeah, here you go. Here you yeah. go. Can't, then he starts. I like ta- what Terry Funk takes the checks. Yeah, just get, he's out. Terry Funk's out. He's too aggressive. Bad attitude. Too aggressive. Yeah. Okay. That's when Patrick Swayze gives his little speech about he's Three the cooler or something. He said he said, "Listen, I'm the cooler." Uh-huh. You're the bouncers. I'm the cooler. It's my way or the highway. He says, he says, we're going to change things up. All right. We're going to start being nice. Mm-hmm. All right. You're going to be nice until it's time not to be nice. Well, how <laughs> will you? And one bouncer goes, well, how are we going to know when that is? You won't. I'll let, I'll you, let know. you know. <laughs> I'll let you know. And then one guy says, cool. and one guy says, well, what if, what if somebody calls me a cocksucker? Yeah. And he goes, well, be nice. What if, what if somebody says my mom's a whore? Patrick Sway's like, well, is she? Is she? <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. Yeah. So he's cleaning right. house. All right. Then Patrick Swayze, he, he, after that first day, he goes to a used car lot, finds a shitty car. Yep. Okay. Get some spare tires. Get some spare tires. Oh, he's yeah. going to need them. Because he knows it's just. Goes to the auto parts store, meets Red, the owner of the auto parts store. Yeah. Gets, get, has to get an antenna for the radio. That's when we meet Brad Wesley for the first time. Brad Wesley comes in. Realized now. Uh, who who's Brad Wesley? He, he villain. He's the the, vil- the villain. He's the villain. He's played. So bad. He's played perfectly by Ben Gazzara. Sure. He, so perfectly. Biggest jerk ever. But he's he's got some plans for the town. But we're going to get to that. So <laughs> so Patrick Swayze needs to find a place. Needs to find a place to live. He yeah. finds he finds this loft above a barn from Emmett. Emmett's a farmer. He's got some horses. Great place to bring women. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Place. Turns yeah. out, turns out it is beautiful turns loft out. in a barn. Interestingly enough, right across the street or right across the yeah. the way from Brad Wesley's mansion. We're, That's going to come yeah. into play a little, little bit later on. Place, uh, just an amazing like. How did he land that? Perfect. So the magic yeah. of movies. So now we're off and running. Right. He's set up. Now you know, for like the next forty five minutes, we're just going to get a series of incidents happening. Patrick Swayze starting to break through a little bit. We're starting to learn more and more about Brad Wesley's character. Okay. And he's like, how, like, well, like cause what happens how corrupt is, he is. Yeah. So he, so he fires the bartender for skimming. Okay. The next night, Patrick Swayze comes in. He's immediately has to go to Tillman's office. All right. There's some heavies in there, some bad dudes in there. All right. And they tell Patrick Swayze, 
that Tillman's changed his mind. Bartender's going to get his job back. And Patrick Swayze says, well, I don't understand. I think you need to explain this to me. Right. Well, it turns out that Tillman might own the bar, but Brad Wesley supplies the liquor to the bar. So if you want to keep selling alcohol, you're going to hire this guy. Any excuse for there to be a fight in this movie, it happens. Because literally... The bartender pulls a knife on Brad. <laughs> like this is the, yeah, this is the greatest movie guy, ever. His right hand man, the other dude, whatever the, that guy's name is, the guy with a really deep voice. Yeah, yeah. And the, I'm, I'm telling you, he has good hair too. He has great hair. Yeah. There's a lot of great, a lot of hair good in, hair, a lot in of this. good hair in this. Fantastic movie. Fantastic hair, fantastic hair in this movie. Cabbage flow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. It's fantastic. Lots of muscles. So uh, one of the nights, Patrick Swayze's working. It's Rob Main. Yeah. Should we get a live call on? Right. Yeah, put him on the line. Rob, Bill. Rob, we're, we're me and Dana are recording our our podcast right now. Hey, yeah. Rob. Hey, Dana. How are you? Good, buddy. Good. If you say something interesting, we could keep it on the show. We're literally recording as we're we recording. speak. You're right next to the microphone. Um, I just want to say hello to my mom. Uh, number one. Oh God, man, what a good guy. Jesus. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, what, uh, what's the topic? Roadhouse. We're talking about Roadhouse. Patrick Swayze, nineteen eighty nine. God rest his soul. Okay, that's good. It's the throat punch kill. That was yeah, classic. I'll never forget that. Um, but uh, I don't know. Were you guys with it? Did you even like just... We're, you... Dana's still setting up uh, most of the movie here at this point. Yeah, we're just we're just getting into getting Brad to know Wesley the characters. and who, Patrick who's... settling into the town. The yeah, yeah, we're talking a lot about the hair. The hair. The hair. Yeah, lots of hair. Yeah. yeah. See? Well, awesome. Well, uh, you uh, you guys go at it, and uh, I, uh, Bill, when you get a chance, if you can call me back, I yeah. have a quick question to ask you about your son. And uh, okay, Dana, oh, always a pleasure. All right, there you go. Uh, you, you guys enjoy. Have a great night, and uh, Bill, I'll speak to you in a little bit. All right, all right. Good or bad? Good. Yeah, no, good. Just uh, childhood uh, toys. Um, oh. Dana might appreciate this. I got Star Wars. Uh, old Star Toys. I got, oh, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, Cash's birthday's uh, next Lego, weekend. Legos. I mean, old Legos. Does he want a Lego table? I have a Lego uh, table. Oh, uh, all right. We'll call you. This is a good information. I'll call your brother, Uncle Rob. Yes, thank you. You guys all right. have a good night. All right, Rob. A yes, sir. Hey, and we want to get your uh, neighbor on the show one day. Uh, uh, oh, you, oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. Update Dana on that. That would be. Uh, yeah. I'll owe you. I'll owe you big time if we pull that one off. See if he's open to. I'm sure. I'm sure, I'm sure we could do something. So. All right. Just hint, hint to him that. Hint to him. What that? Just hint to that guy that we want to ask him a couple questions on on the podcast. Maybe on maybe get a story out of him. On it. All right. I'm cool. All right. That'll boy. Right. Be good. Later. Bye. Oh. Well, there you go. That's right, awesome. You could keep or get rid of all that. I mean, I'll I'll take some of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys if Cash doesn't want them. You're going to sell them or play with them? I'll play with them. <laughs> <laughs> so after that scene, you know, this 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 whole thing with uh, the bartender, the, them wanting to hire the bartender back, it's just, again, goes to reestablish that Brad Wesley just controls this town. And he's extorting everybody, you know. Yeah, he's like but, collecting money from every business. But he's doing it as the way Red, the auto parts sto- store owner, says it. 
it's perfectly legal because it's the Jasper beautification rebeautification fund right, or something like that. Some bullshit law he wrote yeah, into the ten percent. So he gets a ten percent. All the business have to pay ten percent of their profits to him. So yeah, it's like the villages. So I, I'm just kidding. You can edit that, but that's kind of funny. That's how they operate. So Dalton is Dalton is <laughs> yeah. starting. Dalton, you know, as the movie goes on, Dalton's starting to clean the bar up a little bit. Well, yeah, they have uniforms. They have on. uniforms. You can see a change in the bar. The yeah, band yeah, the is not. They had chicken wire up when right. the band first went up there. They had sure. ch- ch- they had the chain link fence With up like there. Four people dancing. And people are like, people no. are throwing beer bottles at the right. at the bar. The, so the chicken wire, the fence is down. Gone. You know, things are starting to get a little bit better. Okay, on one particular night at the Double Deuce. Dalton is uh, is 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 cut with a knife and he's forced to go to the hospital. Fantastic! Thank God that that happened. And it was it was perfect. So I love that doctor. He go he goes to the hospital. He's introduced to Doctor Elizabeth Clay, played by Kelly Lynch. Okay, and this is where we learn a lot about Dalton. Number one, he carries his medical records around yeah, he's with got him. A file with him. She dude. says, "You always carry your medical record medical records yeah. with you." And he's like, oh, "I just speeds up the process." <laughs> He says, well, she says, well, she looks at the wound, which is just below, uh, just on his, uh, just it's by like his third chest, rib or by his third rib. She goes, uh, you're going to need a couple of staples here. I'll give you an anesthetic. No, don't need it. No, waste of time. Yeah. He says, this is the greatest line in the book. Pain don't hurt. Yes. I love it. Dude, it is. And at that point, no shirt on, hair still flowing. Yeah. Full flow. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Getting stitches. So after super hot. ER and by the doctors. way, throughout this process, his car is getting fucked up left and right. All right, there's there's brick, right? there's bricks Brick through the truck. windshield. The tires are constantly being set. So we are, now we understand why he drives a shitty car. Right. He's got his, you know, at one point Emmett the farmer sees finds the Mercedes underneath a, you yeah, know, he's like, Ooh, Ooh, he's, you know, what's going on here? Yeah, he's somebody so special. <laughs> at this point Dalton is summoned to Brad Wesley's house. And this is where we, you know, they're going to have their first sit down. Right. And Brad Wesley, again, Ben Gazzara, he's great in this movie. Wasn't okay? he eating something? Yeah, he was eating that? breakfast. Yeah, he had a breakfast. Bloody Mary, he had a coffee. A bloody, that's yeah, right. Yeah. A bloody Mary. And, yeah, and, he, okay, and but, the thing yeah. about, I love Ben Gazzara's character so much in this yeah. one because he's so confident and nice. Like, even though he's diabolical and he kills people. Right. He's still got that confident, I can still be polite and nice to people. And he's sure. like, Dalton, welcome. Come on and have a seat. He Let's talk. He thinks he's so cool. What, like the douchiest villain of all time. And, and this is where Dalton and Brad Wesley, Brad Wesley have a conversation. Dalton's like, you know, uh, you know, you, you extorting the whole town. And Brad Wesley's like, pretty much. Mm. Pretty much, yeah. And uh, he's, so he's like, proud of he's it. like, you made a lot of money. He's like, oh, I've made a lot of money. But I've also done a lot of good for this town. All right? Since I've been here, I've managed to bring a 7-Eleven here. Whoa. I brought the stop and shave. And he goes, for God's sakes, J.C. Penny is coming here because of me. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the new Amazon guy. Like, wow, J.C. Penny's no way. Tries to buy Dalton. He says, if I was going to open up a nightclub or if I had a nightclub that needs yeah. cleaned up, would you do it? How much would it take for you to do it? Dalton says, there's not enough money in the world for you to do it. And, and Brad Wesley says... Understand you had a little trouble in Memphis, Tennessee. This is where we learned that Dalton, oh, yeah. his past is a little bit haunted. Hell yeah. He killed a man. Legend has it. He ripped his throat out. No way. Put a pin in that. There's no way. Put a pin in that. All right. That's, That's just legend. That's could could possibly be a little foreshadowing. All right. So at this point, Dalton, he's he almost feels like he's a little in over his head. All right. He's going to call his mentor. This is the oh, welcome best. to the movie Sam Elliott. The best. Welcome to the movie Wade Garrett. And now listen, mustache. I'm telling you right now. And more hair. 
arguably one of the best looking men I've ever seen in my life in this Not movie. This, in this movie, in this or movie, anywhere, in, in any movie, he's he's a good looking man. But uh, in this put, movie, I'll put he, Tom Selleck up on that. Listen, bitch. I'm telling Bullshit. you right. I'm telling you right now. Oh, I'm yeah. telling you right now. Sam Elliott, mustache Wade Garrett, mustache. the long hair, the mustache. Look, I'm just telling you. Magnum PI, dude. That is a even, st- dude. That guy's etched in stone. Even I'm looking at him. Go now. That's a man's man right there. Okay. No, he is a man's man. I mean, I was like 1883. Oh, he's the man. He's the man. Yeah. So he's still alive, by the way. He's still alive. He's so he's so Wait, good not in, this in, movie. in real life. So so Dalton's talking to Wade. He's saying, have you ever heard? Hey, Don Julio is another favorite of mine. There you go. Let's go. So Dalton's talking. He's got Wade Garrett on the phone. He's like, you ever heard of Brad Wesley? He's like, nah, you know, you think I should have. Wade's like, you getting in and over your head. He's like, ah, nothing I haven't seen before and all that stuff. Still doesn't sound good, though. It's it's enough. It's enough for Wade to make the trip up to Jasper to kind of find out what's going on. By the time he gets there, he gets there just in the nick of time because they got a liquor delivery. Brad Wesley's goons show up. Another wrestler too. Yeah. There's another. Well, it's wrestler Terry Funk. There. Terry huh? Funk's back. He's... No Funk and another guy. Yeah, yeah. No, there's another guy, old wrestler in that group. I'm telling you. Yeah, go ahead. This I is where we see Wade Garrett, Arn Anderson. Oh. I think it's Arn Anderson. Okay, by the way. all right, go go ahead. So Wade Garrett arrives in town. We've by this point we've established that Brad Wesley is yeah. extorting the town. All right, all the pieces are are coming into play for a final showdown. All right. We learned the extent that Brad Wesley is willing to go to because he burns down Red's auto parts store, which is right next to the Double Deuce. Right, that, was that, sad. that was the turning point for Patrick Swayze, for Dalton. He has had enough. Now he's taking it personal. Now this he is, is going to take yeah. down. He's going to take down Brad Wesley. Now it really turns into an action movie now. Now, now yeah. because Wesley is now. What about Bigfoot? When was well, that? I'm getting to that. Okay, I'm okay, getting to all that. Right, all right. All right. So we are, we are, we are on a collision course oh. to a major showdown between. Brad Wesley and Dalton. Cockfight. Big cockfight. But not before we get the greatest scene in the movie. You yes. see, you see, yes. Brad Wesley has already burned down an auto parts store. Poor Red. Okay. He's, he's proven that he, if you don't pay up, you're going to pay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But we really need to know just how diabolical Brad Wesley is. <laughs> so he goes to the local Ford dealership. All right. Beautiful showroom. Turns out gorgeous showroom. Gorgeous showroom. Wonderful Ford LTD Ford station Jasper, wagons. Yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah. Awesome. Turns out it's been a kind of a slow month at the dealership. Okay. The dealer doesn't have his monthly payment to Brad Wesley. Wow. Brad Wesley says, Don't worry. I'll get you taken care of. Not to worry. We'll get it next month. He then has one of his guys proceed to drive the monster truck Bigfoot through the showroom no. of the dealership. No. And I want to say something as a practical movie effect lover. Right. They they did that. They did for, it. They did that for real. And they only did one take. They had 16 cameras set up. They had cameras t- to the You're bump. kidding me. Yeah, they had cameras underneath the truck. Yeah. So those shots you see of the yeah. POV of the truck, it's incredible. It's one of the best scenes of and the it, movie. It is a legitimate Bigfoot. So when I was a kid, Bigfoot was the monster truck prior to Grave Digger and all this stuff. Oh, yeah. Like Bigfoot was the truck. And in the scene, as soon as you see it, is the iconic blue monster truck. But it didn't say Bigfoot no, on it. They had, they didn't get that's the rights. A, it, yeah, they didn't get a, the rights to use Bigfoot, but it really was one right. of the Bigfoot yeah, trucks. You can see that yeah. it was. The yeah. tires are iconic. I remember. I even have a picture when I was little. I was next to Bigfoot. It's the best iconic '80s big uh, monster truck. So and then I can't, I can't believe he just drove right over the. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Along the way, while all this is happening, Dalton has started a relationship with the doc, 
with Kelly Lynch. Kind of falling in love a they, little yeah, more yeah. than he probably normally they, would. Like they're to. hanging out with Wade Garrett. They're all having a great time. Yeah. You know, Wade Garrett and Dalton kind of have a heart to heart where Wade says to Dalton, you know, you're still haunted by what happened in Memphis, Tennessee. You got to let that go, brother. You was gotta, that at the diner? That was at the diner. Time. Yeah, you got to get past that. He almost was hitting on her. He was like trying to steal. I don't know what was going on at that diner little meeting there. As we get towards the end of the film, Kelly Lynch visits Dalton in an attempt to persuade him to leave. Now, Kelly Lynch is like related to Brad Wesley. Like everybody's related to she this guy. She is connected to him. Yep. And, and she is. She wants to just go because she knows you, that you this guy leave. won't stop. This, this is, you this, skipped their sex scene. I can't. Why, did I? Did I? It's so good. It's so good. You skipped I, I'm all sorry. that. Didn't I do it twice? One was amazing. What? Yeah. Well, that was the classic Patrick Swayze up against the wall movie. And you got he does to see that his in a butt, lot of his movies. But they show his butt. Absolutely. And the women so. probably went nuts because they showed his butt. Oh, my God. Boom. Emmett's house explodes. Like right. full, like full on explosions. Like a bomb. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dalton How was many... able, Dalton's able to rescue Emmett. Okay. Thank God. Right. All right. Then he sees Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy the driver. He is Brad Wesley's number one oh, henchman. The, uh, he's yeah, got the he's henchman. got the ear. He's got the earring. He's got the he's he's number got two. Beautiful hair. You yeah, know, he has a great hair. Great hair. Jet black All right. Hair. Beautiful hair. Okay. Jimmy points a revolver at Dalton. They fight. Great fight. Dalton rips his throat out. No, we've way. seen it. We've heard about it. On now we river. see it. The next morning, yeah, freaking beautiful. Beautiful. Fight. All right, great fight. Yeah, there's like kung fu okay. and karate too. It's like karate. Kelly it? Lynch sees this. She's disgusted she by the brutality. It. She fl- she's out. She leaves. He okay? Dalton's a monster. Okay. The uh. next morning, Dalton receives an ominous phone call from Wesley, who vows to have either Wade Garrett or Kelly Lynch killed by the flip of a coin. After Wesley hangs up, leaving the outcome unknown, a badly beaten Wade staggers into the double deuce. Okay. Believing Doc to be in danger. Dalton races to the hospital alone, but she refuses to leave with him. Repelled by his increasingly violent nature. Okay. Upon returning to the double deuce, Dalton finds Wade sprawled out in the bar with a knife lodged in his chest. Dead. Dead. Killed him. Killed Wade Garrett. Murder. The number one. He killed the best cooler. In the whole world. Okay. Enraged, Dalton pulls the knife free and storms out of the bar, determined to settle things and with now, Wesley now once and for all. And now he goes animal. Like, he goes nuts. He goes commando. He does. Okay, so this is what, this is what, okay, commando <laughs> came crazy. out in 1985. Uh-huh. All right. There's that whole scene where, where John Matrix, Arnold Schwarzenegger, has, has to go get his daughter. When he finally gets That's there. That's he kills 500 he, people in two minutes. Joel Silver said, literally, probably told the director, Roddy Harrington, got to do the same thing. Kill them all. Dalton, Dalton's got to go into the Brad Wesley's compound, because it's not a house. Got to no, kill them all. Gigantic. All right. Okay. Dalton speeds recklessly towards Wesley's estate. His car his car draws gunfire from Wesley's henchmen, but when it crashes, they discover the car is empty. And oh, the, yeah. Tricked him. And the knife used to kill Wade stuck in the accelerator. Using the distraction, Dalton sneaks onto the estate and eliminates Wesley's henchmen, eventually coming face-to-face with Brad Wesley himself. Dalton gains the upper hand in their fight and prepares to finish Wesley in the same brutal manner as he did Jimmy. He wants to rip his throat out but decides against it. As Dalton releases him and walks away, Wesley seizes the opportunity to reach for a gun, but then is yes. promptly shot to death in succession by Red, Emmett, Pete, and finally Frank. The whole the whole, the whole town. The whole town. They're the, like, the, You're done. we're done with you. Coming back. I, lo- I love that scene, actually. They the men stash it. their weapons away pr- prior to the arrival of the sheriff, then proceed along with the uh, surviving henchmen to collaborate. with the suspenders. Yep. Who was who? He got hit with the polar the bear. bear the, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Later on, the Jeff Healy band. 
perform exactly. while well, we see Dalton and Kelly Lynch That's enjoy each credits. other's company in the swimming hole as credits roll. It's a hell of a movie, Bill. I'm worn out. Hell of I'm a movie. I'm worn out. It, look, it's it's a modern day it's western. It's definitely a showdown. I it, love this one. It's she's, a this, it's, she's amazing. It's a modern day western. It, it's a it's a show. It's a showdown at the end of the uh, the OK Corral. Yeah. But it's just a one man wrecking ball coming at him. But I, I will say this. <laughs> I will say this. Like this. I love it. There's never been a movie since then. Since like this. Since then. Like they just don't make movies like this anymore. And the beginning starts out halfway cheesy and then turns into a badass action like uh you know, testosterone fight movie. You gotta yeah, give credit great. to Joel Silver, the producer, yeah. on that one. He probably saw where they were going and he was like, No, 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 no. You yeah, need to Yeah, because the beginning is just kinda like throws you off a little and then the rest turns into like a big bar fight guy fight movie. Yep. With iconic throat. You know, bomb they throw big in there. Foot. Yeah, okay. big foot. All right, so Bill, <laughs> we like to give a ratings to all of our movies that we watch. Sure. All right, so on a rating system from 1 to 10, 10 being the best, 1 being a not so great, what are you going to give 1989's Roadhouse? For for our our voting, not like... No, we're yeah. not. this is not The Godfather. Yeah, I give it an 8. It's a 10 out of 10 for me, Bill. Boom! It's a 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah, 8. Because if you want great, a balls-to-the-wall... 80s action film yeah, yeah. that takes itself way too serious. Yeah. You're not going to do better than Roadhouse. Sold. You and sold, on, sold. And on that note, Bill. Yeah. It's been a pleasure talking with you oh, as always. Oh, man. Yeah. And we're going to do this again soon. You get to pick the next movie. I see your face. This means we're done. Yeah. Oh, no, we're done. We're, we're wrapping it up. I didn't even get to like, you know, we, we're going to have to come back. We're I gonna, have like notes here. We're going to have to do this again. Oh, we're going to have to do this again. Right, so you fine. get to pick the next movie. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. Should so, I? I, sh- I shouldn't say now. You could say now. No. I mean, it's going. To, this is going to a select group of individuals, amazing individuals who are supporting our work. And we love you all. And maybe we'll have a conversation with you next time. Absolutely. And by the way, uh, yeah. for those listening, you can comment on the Patreon. Tell us if there's a movie you want us to talk about. We'd love to talk rather, about it. I'd rather do that. Yeah. I didn't even get into my Wesley Snipes story. No, next time. Save maybe it for we'll next time. Maybe we'll do a Wesley Snipes movie. Save it for next time. We'll do Ooh, Passenger 57. Spoiler alert. All right. There we go. <laughs> so... <laughs> All right, Bill. Thank you as always, my friend. It's always a pleasure. Dana, thank you so much. I want you to wrap it up. I just want to say much appreciation for everything you do. You do look like uh, you, you do scare me now. You do look tough tonight. So w- well done there. Was going Great for job, that Dana. Thank you. I appreciate Thanks, it. Go, look, Bill, I, I, I can't think of anyone else I want to do these these uh, these Tuesdays episodes with you. It's been a lot of fun. We got many more to go. Uh, everybody else, enjoy your month of February, and we will talk soon. Thank you so much. Bye.